0: Welcome to the One-Year Bible Weekly Devotional, based on the October 26th through November 1st readings in the One-Year Bible Reading Plan. Jesus is too much for you. Initial Impressions Several of this week's One-Year Bible readings compel us to consider how much of Jesus we share with those around us. Of all that Jesus gives us, of all that Jesus teaches us, of all that Jesus means to us, of all that Jesus means for us, How much of all this do we let seep out? Because quite a bit should be seeping out of us onto others, right? We should be sharing quite a bit of him, yes? Honestly, what else can you help but do? Considering how Jesus is just too big, too forgiving, and too generous for you to keep all to yourself. The reality is that Jesus is too much for just you. Going deeper. Paul's letter to Philemon is short but significant. In this letter, Paul encourages Philemon to deal with Onesimus differently than his culture's prevailing wisdom suggests. Certainly, according to the customs of the day, Philemon would have no reason to forgive Onesimus for leaving. According to the prevalent secular thinking, Philemon would have no reason to forgive Onesimus at all. But, according to who Philemon is as a follower of Jesus, as a person who has experienced the unmerited forgiveness of Jesus, Paul suggests that Philemon now has every reason to forgive Onesimus. And that's the thing about Jesus' forgiveness. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense based on our cultural customs. It doesn't make sense based on our logical rationales. It doesn't make sense based on our conceptions of fairness. Indeed, Jesus' forgiveness just doesn't make sense. It is too lofty for us to understand. It is too transcendent for us to comprehend. The only thing we can do, the only thing Philemon can do, is to embrace it. And upon embracing this forgiveness, we see that it's too much for us. As such, we are compelled to share it with others who are as equally unworthy of it as we are. In fact, Philemon was actually compelled by Paul to do this very thing. But what about you? You too ought to feel challenged to forgive just as Philemon was challenged to do. Having experienced Jesus' forgiveness, you too are expected to give it away to others even when it doesn't make human sense to do so. Why? Because just like it was for Philemon, Jesus' forgiveness is too much for us to keep all to ourselves as well. It's too much for just us. He's too much for just us. Yes, Jesus is too much for you. Getting real. Jesus forgives you. You have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but Jesus forgives you. You have lied, but Jesus forgives you. You have neglected to do many of the good works God has prepared in advance for you to do, but Jesus forgives you. You have been self-important, self-interested, and self-focused, but Jesus forgives you. You have been insecure, untrusting, and lost, but Jesus forgives you. Have you deserved any of his forgiveness? No. Are you entitled to any of his forgiveness? No. Is it fair for you to receive his forgiveness? No. And yet, Jesus forgives you. Why? Because Jesus is who he is. Because Jesus is for you and with you in ways no one else ever will be. Because Jesus saves you from yourself when you never could. Because that's what he does. Because that's who he is. Because Jesus knows that you need him to be him. Because Jesus knows that you need him to do what he does. He knows you need forgiveness. He knows you need his forgiveness. He knows his forgiveness can transform you into the person God wills you to become. And he knows this transformation is contagious. Truly, Jesus knows that if you experience the power of his unearned forgiveness, that if you really consider the magnitude of this unearned forgiveness, it will be too much for you. It will be too much for you to contain, to limit, and to hoard for yourself alone. Inevitably, if you embrace His forgiveness, it will overflow to those around you. Indeed, you should forgive others because Jesus forgives you, and you are able to forgive others because Jesus forgives you. Jesus' forgiveness is so unmanageable, so uncontainable, so uncontrollable that it should be constantly pouring out of you. If you embrace how much of it you have, you should see that it's way too much. You should not be able to help yourself from giving away out of the surplus you have been given. This is an important aspect of Paul's message to both Philemon and Titus in this week's one year Bible passages. So as we read these letters, we should keep such a message in mind. Jesus should be overflowing out of us through our words, actions, and offerings of forgiveness. Indeed, Jesus is too much for just us. Jesus is too much for just you. You shouldn't be able to help but to share him and what he has given. Bonus section. So, we have a little extra for anyone interested in a particularly controversial verse from this week's one year Bible readings. Paul's letter to Titus discusses a lot of leadership pointers for supervising the new churches on the island of Crete. This is all well and good, but what in the world does Titus 2 verses 9 through 10 mean? When it says, slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. This is certainly an important matter to discern. First of all, what Americans often imagine whenever they read about slavery is typically based on our nation's particularly horrific experience with the cruel form of racist slavery from our own history. This kind of American slavery is not identical to the kind of slavery referenced in first century Crete, though. Also, perhaps most importantly, let's not forget that God is a God who frees slaves. See Exodus. In fact, we don't need to venture far from the book of Titus to encounter this. In Philemon, in other words, in the very next book of the Bible after Titus, we see Paul advocating for the freeing of a slave. So we can't indict the Bible so quickly whenever we come across the sort of curious passages we do in places like Titus 2, 9-10. We need to keep the big picture in mind of God's undeniable incontrovertible movement to free people from every type of destructive bondage in the bible including but not limited to ultimate enslavement to anyone other than to Christ himself with that big picture in mind paul is presuming a very specific situation in titus 2 paul is discussing slaves who are christ followers working in the homes of human masters These slaves are members of one of the house churches that Titus helps oversee. Paul is advising Titus to instruct the slaves to share Christ by the way they go about their work. As such, Paul is advising Titus to remind the slaves that they are different than the non-Christians around them. Therefore, since they are different, they should act differently. And this difference makes the teachings of Jesus, quote, attractive in every way, end quote, to the people with whom and for whom they work. Really? This is not much different for us today. We too are supposed to be different than the non-Christians around us with whom and for whom we work. We are not supposed to blend in so well that no one sees any actual difference in the way we behave when compared to the way those who are not similarly motivated behave. People knowing we're a Christian and then seeing us behave just like everyone else makes the fact of us being a Christian simply an answer to a trivia question about us. It makes us different in an insignificant way. When instead, it ought to make us different in the most significant way. In other words, back to Titus, do we participate in modern correlates of the same, quote, talk back or steal, end quote, practices that were common among the slave workers in Titus's community? Or do we show ourselves to be, quote, entirely trustworthy and good instead? So, what's the bottom line? It's that Jesus ought to be too big in our lives to be merely the answer to a trivia question about us. Whether we currently feel as though we struggle through our own slavery to addictions, or through our own slavery to money, or through our own slavery to work, whoever we are and whatever we face, Jesus in us is too big for just us. Jesus is too big for us to simply live life the same way we would have lived it without him. So whether a slave in first century Crete or not, we should share the bigness of Jesus with how we go about our work. We don't always have the power to change our status quo on our own. That's why we need a God who frees slaves of all kinds of bondages, including whichever kinds bind us now. But we do always have the power to live for Jesus. This is part of Paul's point in Titus. And, even though we're not enslaved on the island of Crete, it's a point that's still relevant to us today, nonetheless.